This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of today's episode is January 12th, 2022. And today's episode is the very first episode of the new year. Happy New Year, witches, wherever in the world you're listening. I hope your new year so far has been gentle and soft. And if it hasn't been, then, well, it's just following suit from 2020 and fucking 2021. And I'm tempted to say, and what else is new? And if you're anything at all like me, you were bracing yourself for the upcoming one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection and coup attempt by the brightest bulbs in the whole country of America. Fortunately, the day came and went without another domestic terror event, thankfully. But I could have made a diamond if I'd shoved a piece of coal in my butthole that whole week. For the very first episode of the new year, season two, episode 46, today's episode is the first of a new series I think I might just start if this goes at all well. Today's topic is witches in jammies eating snacks. It's the first of hopefully many future episodes. And today features probably, don't listen to this, probably my favorite TikTok witch, Ophelia Omega. Don't get a big head, bitch, listen. You might remember her name from such episodes as that one episode I did about TikTok witchcraft. If the name was different from TikTok witchcraft, then I've forgotten what it was. Ophelia Omega, or just Ophelia from here on out, is that okay? All right. Is a practitioner of Appalachian folk witchcraft. And we connected after one of you found her on TikTok from that episode and told her basically, Molly sent me. So she tagged me in a TikTok video and we connected and bonded over witch talk. She has a super informative TikTok channel, specifically the stuff about Appalachian folk magic, but she's funny as fuck. And she's an Appalachian badass folk practitioner and a genuine, honest human being who is caring and also will take nobody's shit. One of my favorite quotes I've ever heard said by Ophelia is this. Good morning. I woke up with spoons, bones, and fucks, chose violence, and so now I'm going to make it everybody else's problem. Welcome to Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path, Ophelia. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. I'm very glad to have you here because that was one of the first things I wanted to do when I was listening to your channel uh, that that day that I found your your channel when I was I was researching. <clears throat> pardon me, witches on the witch talk side of TikTok. Uh, to talk about and, and, you know, finding the good ones and then finding the ones that are maybe not so good um, or that I wouldn't really recommend to seasoned practitioners, let alone, you know, new, new practitioners. So when I found you, it struck a nerve. I don't remember what the first uh, video was that I found of yours, but it struck a chord somewhere and I'm like, okay this this person and I could be friends probably you know what I mean so I that was one of those things where I expected nothing to come from it when when I mentioned you on TikTok but but it did you tagged my ass in a video and next thing you know we're connecting and writing messages to each other so well I mean TikTok brings people together in very interesting ways so yes good and not so good sometimes yeah I've seen some not so good ones too <laughs> I've actually experienced some not so good ones so uh you know it's funny how people move in and out of your life uh, kind of quickly in the cyber age of things. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it, I feel like it, it being a cyber witch in, in this era, you know, I mean, you're obviously 
most people are probably also, I should say, uh, physical witches right. as well. But I know there are, there are a fair number of cyber witches, and that's kind of as the witchcraft they're going to get. That's that's all they need. That's all they want is that connection with other people who make them feel validated or witchy or woo woo or whatever. You yes. know. So uh, I totally forgot where I was going with this whole train of thought, but <laughs> but we were talking about connecting with people, and I'm I'm very glad we did. So. Well, let me take let me say real quick that this inaugural episode of uh witches and jammies with snacks and by the way i actually have snacks so do you have snacks uh i have a mason jar full of sweet tea that is very appalachian thing to say since this is the inaugural episode of this this series that i may do uh that's not just named that i literally am on my sofa in my jammies i don't know if you can see i've got my my big old hoodie on yep. nope not a stitch of makeup and you can see that but nobody right. else can <laughs> and i do as the crinkling indicated a moment ago have snacks which over the course of the conversation i am going to eat and i might have to be reminded not to talk with my mouth full because my mother did raise a truck driver and that she always should say i'm not raising a truck driver and i'm like i bet you are you know my mother was a truck driver so i never understood what the negative thing was about that because i used to want to be a truck oh. driver i thought well man see the open road and be in your own truck and i can have like cat in there you know and probably chew with my mouth open if absolutely. i want absolutely who cares and also i i ended up being a truck driver in the military i used to um work for line delivery in my career field which was a munitions uh systems journeyman and you were in the air force is that right yes i was in the air force and okay. uh i used to back like trailers full of munitions up to b-52s so in a 10-ton tractor trailer that's <laughs> so, pretty badass yeah uh that's it, it's complicated now i can't really hear out of my right ear so well but you oh. know hey. <laughs> Take your take your pick as to which part of your body you're not going to get to use a whole lot more after right. you get out of the military. Yeah, like there's there's all kinds of stuff that you know you come out of the military you don't think that like it's that big a deal. Maybe it's all the Motrin they give you. I have no idea. But, <laughs> and it's like candy. <laughs> yeah, vitamin M. So I listened to your blooper reel, uh, the video where you said, and I'm going to quote you, my cat tried to unalive me. <laughs> And I have to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I might go to hell. It was 21 seconds of just sheer jackass laughter out of this face right here. You were very clearly trying to broach a tender topic and you were trying to do so gently and your fucking cat <laughs> jumped in your face. And the she noises that came out of you, I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> if if I'm going to hell for it, I'll see you there, lady, because it, it was hysterical. And I laughed like an idiot. So is this, was this Dolly? Yes, it was Dolly. It was Dolly. And she didn't just like, it wasn't just pouncing on me or something like that. She didn't just knock the phone out of my hand. I had to throw the phone because she, <laughs> she full on launched herself at my face. And I had to catch her with both hands midair and then chuck her. And you had to she yeet your not, cat across the I had room. to yeet the cat. Because she tried to kill me. She's like literally violent. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm really sorry that that happened. I'm sure it was traumatizing. <laughs> I probably have listened to it about 40 times. It's fine. Here's what I, I'm going to say. I go back and listen to it too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not done. I mean, when we hang up, I'm probably going to listen to it some more. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm gonna if I have more views on that video than any other video, I'm gonna know why. <laughs> yeah, probably. I might. I'll post the link anyway. Um, <laughs> one of the things uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some just like nonsensical, ridiculous. We're in our jammies, crap, in a little while. Uh, but one of the things that made me adore you so much, you were like the sassiest bitch ever when you tagged me in that you were like i'm in the royal robe so you know this is important and i'm like she's gonna tear me a new asshole that's what it felt like and then you know and you kept saying things that sounded like you were gonna tear me a new asshole and then you didn't and i was very happy so here we are today but one of the things that did make me adore you so much is your willingness to say something that i have said for years and i say it all the damn time and that is mundane before magical always always i'm gonna get that tattooed on my fucking forehead so let me let me say just because the wick of your candle sputters and tosses an ember pops one out that doesn't necessarily mean that the spirit of lizzie borden is finally listening to you no i mean only you are gonna know what a sign is of something but at the same time you know look for that logical reason i don't know when we got to the point of, of woo, that yeah. like everything has become woo instead of using your brain, you know? You I know, and I, and I get it if people are woo woo and they're very- Go for it. Do whatever makes you happy, you know, but- But sometimes a leaf just falls off a fucking tree. Yeah. And I, that's what, that's what gets me. And, and here's, here's the thing too. Um, like you were, you were, you talked about it in one of your videos about maybe you just got a cheap as shit candle because <clears throat> if you buy those tall like 10 day candles the novena candles yeah those things are made with like the worst like blackening paraffin wax yep. and the the wicks have lead in them and i mean like they're everything that the 70s said was okay and that the 80s said nope y'all better forget that i mean uncle birch even talks about it um he's actually got uh gotten in a couple of fights on witch talk over uh candles and he talks about how the seven day candles those novena candles are mm -hmm. cheap and not effective and i understand budget witchcraft and that kind of thing but like we also yeah. have to look at where those candles come from yeah you know and i think that's important sometimes you have to look at the ethics over the the cheapness and the price sometimes right. and i do a lot of i do a lot of um abdicating for like budget and cheap witchcraft Absolutely. because so many people think um, I can't afford to be a witch. Yeah, you fucking can. Yes, Who you told can. you you couldn't? Who told you you couldn't? Go to the Dollar Tree. Go in your backyard. You have a pen and piece of paper. Make yourself a sigil. You're fine. You know. Yeah. I actually have an episode as well about casting a circle in the palm of your hand. It requires mm -hmm. nothing more than a finger and another hand. My apologies to those of you with only one hand. But I mean, right. I think every, everything else, you know. Then use a foot. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. Use a foot. There's, there's one more other thing that is very, uh, I am going to talk about some of my bugaboos on TikTok with you and just see if we align or if maybe I'm out of line, but one of, there's, a, there's a trend that's still going around. It needs to die, but uh, of people lighting incense, a stick of incense and watching, making the smoke go in a straight line, rising up and no curls, no furls, no ribbons. And okay, you can probably do that. Yeah. 
but also probably there's no air movement in your room right where that, can, where that incense is lit i'm just gonna say let's let's defer to occam's razor sometimes yes the I, ac is off you know nobody farted or burped in the last you're not breathing you're holding your breath you're holding your breath while you do this so of course there's no air movement and like yeah you are you holding your breath in concentration trying to get something to do something that it was already going to do yeah you know, exactly like, what are you doing like if if you want to impress me with that kind of thing, go outside on a windy day and get it to do it. Exactly. Do you remember the, the, now I haven't even been on TikTok for very long, like little, like six months maybe. And I'm, I'm, I have nowhere near the number of like, uh, followers as you do. And I, I really haven't done a lot of great shakes to try to get them. I'm like, Hey, by the way, I have this podcast and it's got a pretty good number of downloads. Uh, and I'm on TikTok, you know, it's not right. that big of a deal for me, but but uh, do you remember the the um, the trend going around where people would hold a, a wooden match and they would will it to go out just below where the uh, the match head is because they've licked the outside and it just goes out and they're willing it and I'm like that is the oldest I mean like do you know how old that is people were doing that in the parlors in the Victorian era you also know? that's like a bar trick like, yeah oh I grew, sure I grew sure. up with a bunch of bikers and like you know, truck drivers, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I grew up like literally in a bar. My mom bartended for a long time. One of my earliest memories is a pool table in St. Augustine, Florida in a bar. Oh my God. And, you know, um, so like those are tricks that like old bikers know. Yeah. And they impress women and they get them in bed. Exactly. That's what that Especially is. Especially women that have been drinking already. Yeah. Exactly. So. All right, so I want to talk about this real quick. You said regarding Appalachian folk magic mm -hmm. that we, uh, I'm quoting we, the collective we, don't use jars for spells. That's just for holding ingredients, but I can show you what we do use. That's a quote from you. Yes. I'm going to say a lot of the, the jar usage that I think we hear about probably comes from African conjure versions of hoodoo mm -hmm. and voodoo. Uh, more so than Appalachian. I do know a few Appalachian practitioners who do use jars, so it might be sort of regional in some places, but probably a lot fewer than... I feel like jars are just more convenient now yeah. than they have been. Glass used to be very precious. Commodity. Yes. It was, yeah, it was very precious, and you used that for cannon and stuff like that, but you did not waste your glass jars. Right. You just didn't. And honestly, putting a working in a glass jar is going to you know, take that glass out of commission. It's something you could use to provide for your family, like meals and that kind of thing. And it, you just didn't use that. Right. Um, what you did use was little sachets. Yes. You would take old old cloth and you cut it up, flannel or something like that, cheesecloth if you had it, whatever you had, you know. Right. Uh, scraps of fabric. I mm -hmm. mean, whose granny wasn't quilting at some point in time because you had to make your own blankets and stuff. So right. they did. And they had scraps of fabric laying around all the time. And you would use those. Right. Instead of, and also they were like way easier to hide than a jar under a bed. Come on. You know, like if, and they're, I mean, I remember granny sewing uh, stuff for sick babies into, into little dolls for them to sleep with, you know, oh, things that's like so that. Sweet. It, well, I mean, because yeah, you that's know, that's a charm. That's it's a charm. Yeah, exactly. it's a charm. The doll represented the baby. Also, the healing medicine is in there, and yeah. also, it's a toy, right? As well, you know, it's something the baby's going to hold on to. Sure, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, those those were just the way we did things, and it jars have become 
much more convenient with, you know, um, it's almost become trendy to do quote unquote jar spells, uh, right. which is not to say that it's wrong or that you're doing something bad. I'm not saying that at all. I just feel like it's, it's uh, enjoying kind of a renaissance uh, of sorts where uh, people are learning about it and they're doing it, but that doesn't make it the Appalachian way period no. paragraph. So I wanted to bring that up because um, when you said that, I, I couldn't help but wonder I'm Carrie Bradshaw. Did you hear that? I couldn't help but wonder. And just like that, I couldn't help but wonder if somebody would have disagreed with you for so. Yes, we do. I live in, you know, Ohio or whatever. We we use jars. Well, probably people use jars all the time. But yeah, I, think I mean, that, I use jars too, but that's not like, that's not the traditional way of doing right, it. Right. Because glass and was such a precious commodity. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of that does probably stem from uh, the African conjure hoodoo and voodoo uh, because there are tons of jar spells within that realm of magic and uh, like sweet jars and sour jars and you know like death jars and you know whatever. But I uh, I also use um, flannel gen generally flannel and I. I mm -hmm. I've actually purchased um, thrift store flannel shirts, like old men's work that's, shirts and stuff. That's what I do. Yeah. That's very traditional. And anything my husband wears out, because he's, you know, he's a uh, he's a cable guy, so he works outside all the time. He's constantly got a flannel on and yeah, wears through them. And I use a lot of paper sacks and make just little little bundles. And uh, also, I'll, I'll make like a mojo hand myself. That's what I usually call it is either a nation sack or a mojo hand, which I think actually comes from African conjure, which mm -hmm. I don't practice. But I think I have pulled a lot of things from a lot of places in the 30, almost four years I've done this. And um, my heart is a poisoner and an Appalachian folk practitioner. And I'm not Appalachian, I'm Texan. So who knows? But I mean, I have had a life in Appalachia. If you go back and listen to, um, <clears throat> not you personally, but if whoever whoever is listening goes back and listens to the episode about past life confessional, one mm -hmm. of my past lives that was m one of the more recent ones um, was post Civil War on in West Virginia, and I have incredibly clear, concise memories of that that I've had since a child. I should talk to you about that sometime. You should. Uh, yeah, because it was, I mean, I can tell you what town I lived in and the name of the river, you know, that we, that ran at the foot of the mountain. And it's just really crazy. That's funny because I have something similar that uh, I have memories of from Scotland. Okay, well, see, my people came from Scotland. This, this, yeah, uh, my, my great, my grandmama, I don't know what that's what I called her was from Scotland when I was living on the side of this mountain in West Virginia. All right. So talking about jars for a second, real quick, I have to say that it, um, this is going to be a TikTok thing too. It cracks me up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Compose yourself, Molly Dyer. It cracks me up sometimes when Somebody does a jar. God, I can't even get through this. A jar spell tutorial on TikTok. And their jar is literally like three quarters of an inch tall. <laughs> and they're trying to cram all this shit into it and make it look witchy. But the opening is so small that 99, like rice grains won't go in there. 99 and they're just making a mess. And they 99% of it goes everywhere else, right? 
Yes. Okay. And so get yourself a little tiny funnel if you're going to do that or make one out of paper or something. Make a paper funnel. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, like, so I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate anybody's earnest practices uh, by making fun of their stupid tiny jar because, God damn, that is this tiny, it looks like a, like a contact lens almost. You know what I mean? So, but trying to put something fluffy in it like mugwort, that's not going to happen, people. It's hysterical. It is very funny. But I, I also think that those little jars, like, you know, that some people do the little teeny tiny ones. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I cannot do that. Um, now, I do have a couple of smaller jars. They're about half an ounce. Sure. That, like, I will carry around as, like, in, in my purse or whatever, or my pocket. is like little, you know, little yeah. charms to take with me. But that's, I didn't do that. Right. You know, but but those little tiny tiny itty bitty jars. So, what are you doing with that? Like, like where, what? who? What are those used for? I'm gonna show my age here. Okay, and and that's okay. I don't care. I'm a Gen Xer, and I'll stay that way. Oh, so am I. Um, okay. So, back in the '90s, do you remember the little tiny jars like that that had the rice grain of rice in it, the one grain of rice in it that had your name written on it yep. that you could get it like the mall. Yep, I do. It was like a little, it was not even a jar. It was like a vial. And that's mm-hmm. what these things remind me of. I do remember that. What are you going to do with that? I mean, like, seriously, I, I get it. I get that you're doing a jar spell tutorial. Uh, it's ridiculously small. <laughs> I also get that some people have to be in the broom closet and like, that's an easy way for them to do it. But like, it's also very impractical. You know, if you're in the broom closet, which is a very, very valid form of witchcraft, a very valid practice. And as we discussed a few weeks ago, Molly Dyer is about halfway in the closet and that, and everybody, everybody that's listening knows this is not my real name. I don't show my face on, you know, my, that because I have an, a life outside of Molly Dyer and that part of me is mostly closeted and it's still a valid practice. So yes, you're right. Maybe if you are a closeted witch and <clears throat> pardon me, you have a closeted practice and you're going to use one of those ridiculously micro small jars, that's fine. But I don't think you should base your practice of spell workings on those jars man no i mean no. my god i and they they're great in bulk i get it they're great in bulk they're good for little oils if you want to carry an oil with you or whatever but i mean i can see it for like a travel altar or something like sure. that if you're going to use like blessing oils or something like that and your little tiny birthday candle you know like those yay that's quick spell work on the go and like one of those mint tins i get it it fits in an like, altoid box exactly a packet yeah. of salt a birthday candle, one of those ridiculous little moonshine jugs. <laughs> I guess I don't yes. know. I have no idea. I just really, I hope, I'm really hoping that this tiny micro jar trend has lived its life or is about to be done living its life. I, I feel like what we're having right now is the surplus of those tiny jars from like, you know, the <laughs> 90s necklaces with the rice grains in it. That's, right. that's what. They made too many and now it's come back to where like they can use them again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's pretty funny. Somebody, I bought too many. Well, we'll just, we'll do jar spells with them from now on. It'll be fine. Yeah. Let me tell you real quick too, uh, uh, how TikTok makes me feel old and uncool. Do you know why? Why? I don't have pointed black fingernails. I feel like a failure. I, usually, I do not have pointed black fingernails either, but I wear my hands myself. all day. I don't. Like, you know, if, I mean? if, if, 
if I had them, they would just get ripped off at work. So like, I'm, I'm, you know, and that's one of the things that like, I think we forget as, you know, media consumers is people have lives outside this app, yeah. you know, yeah. um, outside of digital communication, social media, that kind of thing. Like I work for a living, like I'm, I go, I manage a store and I do customer service work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm too burnt out to do a TikTok video. Yeah. And like, you know, and also I can't do trendy stuff like have those nails. I love those nails. Right. She works hard for the money, y'all. She works yeah. hard <laughs> for the money. I know I get it. And listen, I got to tell you, I would for sure poke my fucking eye out for the first five minutes I had those goddamn <laughs> nails or, or probably also I would like lacerate my butthole at some point <laughs> it's probably too too much information but I'm just gonna say no that's it, true it's fine because I have actually had those nails and done something similar and oh, it's, Lord. it's not fun it's not fun like that one ply gas station tissue paper yeah. was not making it happen for me and that just do you ever it, wonder do you ever I'm gonna ask you this speaking of I'm, I'm just gonna riff on that for a sec do you ever wonder if the lovely ladies, the very girly girls that have the very long nails, mm -hmm. how clean they actually are under their nails? As somebody that has had fairly long nails, um, I, I challenged myself to grow up my own natural nails since they're all stubby. But, um, and I did like dip nails for a long time and did that. And I, I got my nails fairly long and uh, you, you just scrub out from under them with a nail brush. You just carry a nail brush with you. I want to ask you to tell us a story or tell us, tell us something about Jack tails, what they are and tell us some or one. Oh, I fell in love with Jack tails when I was a little girl. Um, what are they? Jack tails are American folk tales, specifically Appalachian, right? Appalachian folk tales. They're more prevalent in Appalachia than they are anywhere else. And when you think Jack, think like Jack and the Beanstalk. Is that like where the name that comes from? I believe so. And at least okay. um, there's a lot of research into it and how similar they are in their um, in their origins. And you have to think about the settlers that came over here. Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, they're English and Irish and Scottish yeah. and Welsh, and they had the same tales, but then they needed to adapt them for this life in this country. Right. So, um, one of the things I love about Jack is he's sort of a trickster. And okay. I feel like in a lot of ways, he is like our Renard, you know, okay. like, um, the French have Renard, mm -hmm. the Fox. Right. Um, and so America has Jack and Jack is generally a soldier. Jack is generally coming home from whatever war, you know, mm -hmm. he was on his way home from the war. You could say that at any, that I think that speaks a lot about America in and of itself that yeah. Jack is always a soldier and he's coming home from war and like, you never have to question which war. Right. Okay. Because there's always one. Mm -hmm. So, um, he's one of the more relatable folk characters, uh, because he is every man Jack. Okay. Because he is you know, your average everyday guy. He's just out thinking people. And that's kind of the American ideal of like what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be smarter than the next person. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to outthink the next person. You're supposed to be craftier out than fox someone out else. Yeah. Fox. Yeah. See, I, yes, I see exactly you. like that. <laughs> and I was blessed enough that not only did my grandmothers tell me um, Jack tails when I was little, you would sit and, you know, 
snap beans by, oh. you know, my grandmother's knee and she would tell you jack tales. Um, but also when I was growing up in elementary school, um, I wrote the second uh, second load bus riding, okay. which I don't know a lot of people know what that is, but like we don't have a lot of school buses out here because it's Appalachia. And right. I went to this really rural school out in the middle of nowhere. And so kids lived way up on the mountain. It'd take 45 minutes just to get to the first kid's house to drop them off. So, wow. you know, you're waiting two and a half, three hours after school for the, the bus to come get you. Mm -hmm. Like you get out at 2.30, you might get home 5.30. Wow. You know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, and I lived right down the road and I'm still on second load. So uh, one of our uh, teachers that stayed after uh, to watch us, she was a teacher's age. She was actually an award-winning folklore storyteller. Oh, that's cool. And when it was raining outside and we couldn't play on the playground and we'd run out of movies to watch, we'd watch the same movies like 15 odd times, then she would tell us Jack tales and she would keep us so entertained. And it got me not just, not just interested in the Jack tales like I was when my granny told them to me, but interested in more of them okay i wanted to listen to every single one of them i wanted to know every jack tape and so i've spent years upon years accumulating them and reading them and they're fantastic uh jack is not always the good guy right sometimes he's conning a farmer out of his wife and his crops <laughs> and everything else you know and sometimes he's you know the hero of the tale where he's slaying the giant yeah or he's avenging somebody else that's been done wrong those kinds of things and i think in a lot of ways jack represents american culture like the true americana of the first people that were here um as besides the you know indigenous peoples but the first colonists that were here the first colonizers that were here sure this is their spirit of of like what they wanted to be so it's it's kind of interesting um because I feel like you can sort of see the imagery that they had in their mind of who they were by reading these tales. They overcame things. They were ingenuitive. They worked with what they had mm -hmm. in the moment. And I mean, you can see a lot of that in Appalachian witchcraft yeah. as well. Yeah. That, you know, you use what you have, you make do, you figure it out, you think smarter. Right. And I feel like that's how those people saw themselves when they were overcoming, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of settling a new world, even though there were already people here. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's definitely interesting to, to look at. What is your favorite Jack Tale if you had to pick one? And if you can't pick one, give me two or three. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar um, with any of them except for like maybe Jack and the Beanstalk and the ones that are you know worldwide kind of stories told, told stories right right um one of my favorite ones is uh where jack is lazing about and his uh mom and daddy run him out of the house because uh, he won't work and so he takes off down the road and uh when he runs out of the the lunch that his mama packed him which is pretty soon because you know, he don't know how to manage his stuff. <laughs> uh, he uh, he runs into this farmer, and this farmer's like, "Oh well, I need you to if you're gonna if you're gonna be here and you're gonna work, then I need you to go over here and clear this forest out 
this patch of land I have over here, I need you to clear the trees, but there's these three giants and they done killed the last two farmhands that have been over there and done it. You think you can do it? And Jack tells him, yeah. And, you know, through the story, he outsmarts the, the three giants into like, he got one giant to unalive himself. Oh my, um, okay. Through just trickery and that kind of thing. Right. And barely breaks a sweat doing it and then gets paid, goes on back home. Wow. You know? <laughs> that yeah. sounds very reminiscent of, I think it was Tom Sawyer, uh, like getting somebody else to paint, to paint his picket fence for him. Oh no. If you don't, th if you don't think Mark Twain didn't know some Jack tales, <laughs> like, I believe that he did. That what is, do they have titles to them as well? Or are they just sort of, and also are these mainly like word of mouth passed down generation to generation? These are oral stories passed down. Now people have given them titles and people have written them down in books but they're not really official titles okay all right. and they're not really like you know these are these are just oral storytelling and people made up new jack tales as was needed you know to keep the kids occupied or whatever that's really and cool. one of the one of the the features of storytelling was that it kept your kids occupied while they were doing stuff okay all right so like you're shucking corn or you're canning or you're doing whatever something mundane repetitive action yes okay and sure. then you know and you've got half the reason that you had a bunch of kids is so that you know you had you know help on your land right. and um you got to keep those kids entertained and engaged in what they're doing sure so yeah that's that's one of the the, the main features and you're also teaching the kids a lesson you know yeah Sometimes it's not a great lesson, but you know, it's, and you know, and these tales, you could like, they, there's so many different versions of them because they have been adapted from everything right one thing there. to everything right there. Yeah. <laughs> I got a dog over here going after the water bowl. Oh Lord. She's just, I guess she's just very thirsty. I'm not That's sure. That's all right. Everyone on. needs a drink. And my husband is babysitting our dogs right now because they're both very, very loud. So thanks honey. How yeah, I have a menagerie here. I have a house full of dogs and cats and kids and, you know, family and all kinds of stuff. So is it, is it, is it happy though? Is it a happy house? Yes. There you go. Yes. That's what's the most important thing. I think so. Uh, everybody comes to my house and they're like, oh, I feel so comfortable here. It's like super relaxing. I'm like, that's the idea. That's the idea. We're doing it right. All right. right. So I'm reaching behind me to get a snack because snack. this is the part of the show i don't know uh we're gonna play a little game i like to call i'm gonna ask you a few questions i don't really have a name for this so okay <laughs> so here we go are you ready yes tell everybody if you would where if you will whereabouts in appalachia hold on i gotta open the snack because it's really loud how did i open that up already talent Ooh, just fast i hope that's what it was and it wasn't already open uh Tell everyone whereabouts in Appalachia do you hail from, and is that where you live now? Well, um, <laughs> well, nope. so it's open already. Oh lord. Uh oh. Yep. Oh no. Oh no. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm. That's no good. No. Nope. Spit that back out. <laughs> this was much more tender, and it's it's not open. So <laughs> we'll try that again. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. All right. Uh, I currently reside in uh, East Tennessee, right outside of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, uh, a little south of Knoxville. And uh, I grew up mostly here. And then I also grew up um, in Western North Carolina, hmm. uh, a little place called Balsam, 
balsam balsam okay like the tree like yeah, yeah balsam fir. Yeah. Okay. yeah uh my grandma had a funny uh way of explaining the name of the town she said uh they're getting off the uh a woman and her son were getting off the train and uh he was pitching a fit and she smacked him right in the face and said ball sam and that's how they named the town oh that's funny <laughs> i'm like all right okay uh it's like okay grandma that sounds like child abuse but okay yeah that's it we, we frown on that these days but whatever yeah. so uh have you been to dollywood many times i, have, I was gonna be so disappointed if you said no i'd be like are you freaking kidding me uh i have i have been to dollywood many many times uh it is you know it, i get a discount because i'm local so is it very close to you are you close yes oh wow it's about about 45 minutes um and that's mostly just traffic so but have you ever met dolly i have not met dolly personally but i have seen her from very close up dolly ma'am if you're listening <laughs> i think you need to introduce yourself to my friend ophelia she i has would a love cat to named meet after dolly you. she is a just she is a treasure she's a gift Do uh, miss dolly you, is a gift miss dolly pardon keanu reeves and Brendan Fraser. We don't deserve those yes. people. We do we not do, deserve no. those people. And I'll tell you what, Miss Dolly is, she's, you know, she's not a spring chicken. She's not an old hen. I'm not going to say that, but she looks brand new. I'm telling you, she I does. can't even, she's good. And she used to always say, it takes a lot of time and money to look this trashy. She's, she's, she's iconic. Well, one of the, the things that people don't know about Dolly is that she actually did um, donate like a million dollars to the COVID vaccine research. So that like, you know, and she also, um, about five years ago, we had terrible fires here, terrible wildfires, and it burnt down like a lot of homes. And people are like, oh, well, those were resort cabins. And it's like, no, people's homes got burnt down. Like, so, like, yeah, some resort cabins also burnt down, but, like, at this, a lot of people were homeless. Sure. A lot of people were without, and, like, their businesses burnt down and things like that. So, Dolly actually did a lot of donation, a lot of work to help rebuild that and help um, get people into affordable housing and that kind of stuff. So, she, she is a treasure. She also gives every child in Tennessee... Mm -hmm. a book from the time they are born every month until they are five years old from dolly's imagination library and it's free what how did i mm -hmm. not know that i honestly don't know how i didn't know that my kids all got books from dolly that's so cool she's the best she's amazing so what's your astrological sign information oh i'm a taurus all day are all you day. are yes. you what part of I'm what part of uh, april or may are you born uh middle of may middle so may I'm square in the middle of that i'm an Taurus aries sign. died in the wool and i'm also <laughs> middle sort of middle ish of april so i totally get your commitment to being a taurus oh i'm i'm, I'm very very much my sign and i know it are you <laughs> like, are you very food motivated most of my taurian friends are super like i mean i don't mean that in a bad oh, way yeah. like no food is like a girl, very i am i am a fluffy girl okay i'm a fluffy As girl am and I. i'm okay with it and you know, I I do like my food. I do like my food, but I'm very picky about it. So you know. Well, I didn't mean that Torians are like gluttonous. I mean that they're really into food, like they're foodies yes. and they're yeah. Yes. So that's that's a perfect perfect answer to what I'm. One of my friends is um, a Taurus, and she's all about cheese. That's her that's her thing. And I and I mean like she's 
We're not talking about like, you know, just Colby Jack. This no, woman has about, cheese like, parties, you know. English sharp cheddar is my favorite. <laughs> oh gosh, that is a stout tasting cheese. I, I like that. It's in very small doses. I like that. Yes. It's about quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. I, I am a, I'm part Italian. Uh, and so I grew up eating Parmesan rinds, <laughs> teething on yes. them. You know what I mean? I teethed on them when I was little. So um, I'll, if I have a good, uh, like a pie slice of Parmesan of, you know, some sort of like a really good, like the expensive cheese, you know, um, I'll cut off a little piece for myself every now and then because it's delicious. It is delicious. So do you have a matron and or patron deity or deities that you work with most often? I, okay. So I don't necessarily have a matron deity, which I find kind of odd. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, I never Some people have, don't. Like, they just don't, I don't know. Nobody's ever really showed up and vibed that long, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, my patron deity is Loki. Um, I'm sorry. You said and, what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. And that's all for this interview today, folks. Thanks yeah, so much for like Loki. Really? Yeah. I didn't ask for him. I did. He also didn't ask me or give me any options. So yeah, I understand that. Okay. And honestly, I kind of, I get it now. And I feel like a lot of people work with Loki now and, and it's, that's cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not bagging on anybody's practice because, like, however you got here is however you got here. Right. Uh, whether you got here through Marvel or whether you got here through, uh, you know, the the myths and, mm -hmm. you know, or just somehow on your own, which is kind of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. But I work with him because he's, everybody's like, oh, Loki's a trickster. Well, to me, he's more of a scientist. I mean, seriously, I totally get that. But uh, explain what you mean. Well, you know, in my, in my working with Loki, in my, you know, in my astral work with Loki and that kind of thing, um, I have asked him questions and I, I will not get into those, like what I've asked him, but like, you know, probably a just, good idea. Um, yeah. so, uh, I have asked him questions and, you know, things I had no idea about the answer to like, why is this this way? Why is that that way? And he's like, wow, you have a lot of questions and you're always so annoying. Um, <laughs> you came to me. And I'm like, I'm like, you signed up for this, yep. you know? Yep. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> um, but he's given me answers to things that like I like later got confirmation on that melted my brain. And, and like those people that are very close to me will know exactly what I'm talking about. But like things that are mathematical, things that are scientific in nature things that you know how atoms work what quantum mechanics is like how these things how energy flows mm -hmm. um how to manipulate the web of the weird you know yeah. like these things you know because a lot of people don't know that loki works with the norns mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know the norns weave the threads of fate and what was loki but the guy that gave people fishing nets you know yeah <laughs> And, and everybody wants to be like, oh, but he's all chaos. Yes, sometimes, but sometimes you need chaos. Sometimes you're stagnant and stuck in life and it's crappy and, and he fixes it. And that's very much where that came from, where his presence in my life has come from. And so that's my dude. 
So that's the that's your patron deity, and you work with him the most often or singularly? The most often, mm -hmm. it's sort of like he'll drop me off with somebody if I need to work with him, you know. But uh, <laughs> here, babysit this human. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, exactly. I'm like, ha! Um, but <laughs> the, the thing is that, like, you know, at anybody else that I've had to work with, like, he's pretty much introduced me. The only other, and, and this is mixing pantheons, nobody come for me, but <laughs> the only other, the only other, you know, deities that I've ever really worked with outside of that, and I, I don't say worked with in, like, I work with them. Mm -hmm. It's more like I honor them and, sure. and make sure that they've got a space in my home. Mm -hmm. uh, the first myth I ever read was Hades and Persephone. Okay. I was like eight years old mm -hmm. and I was hooked. I love that myth so much. Yes. Uh, and the artwork in the book that I was reading was like so beautiful. I mean, thank God for the library. You know, that's just where it was, you know. Can I tell um, you a really weird little uh, story that has to do with this real quick? Sure. The first time I read the the myth of Hades and Persephone, I think I was in I was in the fourth grade. I know I was in the fourth grade because I had a, a friend named Freddie who was a uh, his parents had moved him here from he was Middle Eastern by descent, but they moved here from from France. Uh, so he had a, a very French sounding name and uh, and he would bring he brought pom pomegranates to lunch with him sometimes, but only ever after I, when I read that story in school, did I ever notice it and didn't know what it was when I saw it. I had no idea. I have no idea what a pomegranate was from Texas, you know, like now they're everywhere, but it seems like when I was in fourth grade, you couldn't, you know, buy a pomegranate anywhere, but it was just really, I didn't know what a pomegranate was when I was reading the myth. Like, I yeah. Like, I don't think I did either. That's what, I, that's what I mean. I don't, I had no, nothing to go on when when uh, uh, I read that myth and I read the word pomegranate, which I wasn't even sure how to pronounce and I had no context to what it was supposed to have looked like that I recall in the story anyway, I know, but I didn't know what that looked like. And then my friend Freddie uh, opened up a pomegranate, like, you know, cracked it open. He like sliced mm -hmm. the top and cracked it open. And one of the arrows jumped out. And I said, what is that? Because it looked like a like a gemstone. It was beautiful, you know? And he said, it was pomegranate. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like your, you your eyes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What is this? Yeah. You know? So sorry. I completely like totally hijacked your story. But um, oh, so no, it's it, very much the same level of for me. <laughs> so like, uh, I, I definitely like, I keep a space for Hades and Persephone because without them, I probably would not have ventured anywhere near, um, the level of depth of knowledge that I've gotten out of like, you know, um, myth and lore and legend and storytelling and how far I've chased that down rabbit holes right to like and and for it to make so much sense to me in the long run you know what I mean sure it's, it's really influenced and shaped my life and if if I hadn't spent that like you know 15 minutes you know reading Hades and or Hades that's what I said Hades and Persephone I probably said her Persephone too I bet because I was in like second grade. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, and, and I go to school in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah. there was nobody to correct me other than the librarian. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like, so I keep, I keep a space for them um, here just simply because 
you know, I, I feel like they've, they've helped me by just existing. So uh, if I ask you to stick a name tag, like a, hello, my path is, and, you know, sticker on your shirt <laughs> at a meet and greet, what would you end up writing? Ooh, uh, my path is. I know there are so many people who really eschew labels and I'm one of those people sometimes. So I'm not trying to get you to label yourself, but if you had to say, hey, I practice blank, what would blank um, be? I mostly practice traditional folk craft, okay, you know, so witchcraft. Uh, that I, I suppose I would just be like traditional witchcraft slash chaos magic. Yeah, okay. Because I feel like chaos magic is very elemental in if you look at it. So, and I feel like it meshes well with many other traditions. Okay. So speaking of chaos <laughs> Can you give me a second. Yeah, There's a sure. dog like wiggling around over here. Just sure. Hold on. How far back does the folk practice go in your family? And are they are you practicing traditions from your family? I do practice traditions from my family. Excellent. Um, and I mean, it goes as far back as I I know. I mean, you if you told my my great grandmother that she was the witch, mm -hmm. she had probably chased you out of the house with a broom but she'd still heal people right uh she would would she get the irony of chasing someone out of the house with a broom because they call her a witch probably okay. not <laughs> honestly okay like, uh but i mean as far as i know it goes back as far as it it can go like these were handed down right so I have to say this about my family uh is the women in my family are something to be tangled with oh my goodness these women are fierce um especially on my mama's side of the family um bless them they're amazing because my great great grandmother mm -hmm. oh she got some she, water good for her yeah she got some water lap 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 lap, lap. <laughs> so, um my great great grandmother mm -hmm. her first husband like hit her he was mean to her and he, mm. he cheated on her and like mm -hmm. these are in the records yeah i did the ancestry research on this it was crazy and uh so she left him like this is in the 1800s you didn't do that no you didn't do that. 1800s in like a mountain town in the middle of like nowhere gastonia you know with like, like children on your skirts as well yeah yeah no you good didn't for do that her. good for her well that's the she stock only you had, come from. Like, yes, exactly. And she was like, oh, hell no. No, we're not doing this. You know, Cletus can go screw himself. It's not happening. Um, and so she just left him and she went on about her merry way with her life. And she did have a partner that lived with her. He's on the census records, but they never got married. Oh, scandalous. That's fantastic. I know. And she had like three more kids with him. And she was like, and she didn't want to ever get married. She just like, no, no, that's, I'm not doing that. That's, that's such a rare thing to hear about, uh, from the 1800s and also from Appalachia, you know, yeah. this wasn't somebody yeah. that lived in New York city, you know? No, it wasn't. <laughs> and she made up her own mind about her own stuff. And mm -hmm. she set her own foot down with her own rules. And she was like, no, I will not be doing this. And you will not be telling me what to do with my life or how I'm going to do anything. And I don't know how she was like. I mean, because that would be scandalous in a community, right? 
but I mean, and you have to remember, this is a community where like my granddaddy built the church. It must make you very proud though, to consider her part of your beginnings and oh, that yes. you are of that, I'm assuming blood lineage, that's your blood yes. relative. I would be super proud of that. That's amazing. And, and of yourself, because you carry those genes, you know, that. You, yeah, you know. I mean, she's she was amazing. And I mean, the there is a long history in Appalachia of like domestic violence and people just putting up with it and like that kind of stuff, because there wasn't really what were you going to do? What were you going to do? If you got kids you know? and you don't have a job and yeah, exactly. I mean, and who's going to hire you as a divorce woman with a bunch of kids, you know, especially at that time, it wasn't going to happen. So, and she just made her own way in the world. And uh, she probably did it in some scandalous ways. Well, uh, you do what you gotta what, do. Take care of yourself and your kids, you know? At least from what my, my great-grandmother told me, she did it in some scandalous ways. And she was like, and? Yeah, you, you don't judge me. How else do you expect me to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How else do you expect me to feed these youngins? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. You know, I have a, <clears throat> pardon me, a relative, I'm not blood related to this relative, but um, whose mother um, had a lot of children because during the depression, she had to feed those children and there was never mm -hmm. any food left over for herself. And so what did a woman who was not married do in the depression to get fed? Exactly. So she went on dates with men and ended up with other children, but that's what she had to do, you know, for herself. So I totally get that. And I mean, yep. like, I'm, it, listen, I am very sex positive. I'm not going to slut shame up anybody Absolutely for any not. reason. If that's how she had to get by in life and that's how she had to feed her kids. Good for her. Get it, girl. Know? Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And so she Absolutely. did. And I seriously, I'm envious of how proud that must make you feel. It, it does. Because um, she was not taking it from anybody. And I also had um, an adopted granny and my mom's best friend's mama. Okay. It's my granny, my granny Biddix. Mm -hmm. Um, she left her husband in the sixties. Now she's like full blooded Native American. She's Cherokee. Mm -hmm. And you know, you just didn't do that kind of thing. Right. But she's she worked at the sewing factory and she saved up and saved up and saved up and like never said a word to him. And then she went out and bought her own house. <gasps> what? That's incredible. And never looked back. Who did you learn these traditions from? I mean, is this a, is this a granny thing for you? Great granny or mom or how yes. did that? It was like okay. a village. It was a village yeah. basically of, of women that taught these things. These were, it, it wasn't really considered like witchcraft. It's just what you did. Yeah. You know, it's like the baby's sick. Okay. Well, we're going to make this poultice. Um, and then, you know, we're going to, you know, put some onions on that baby's feet. I know, I know those good, things. You know? Yeah. I grew up with those too. And you know, you're, taking a, a sewing thread and tying it around somebody's wedding ring uh -huh. to see when you're going to get married and when how many kids you're going to have and are they going to be boys or girls and and reading these playing cards and you know that kind of thing and uh if you wanted to you you wanted to to seal the deal with your bow or whatever and get him to propose you you know got you got his footprints mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and did you sweep uh, up his you know, footprints sweep up his footprints yep. you gotta yep. you gotta get them up um and you know make sure nobody sweeps over your feet or otherwise you ain't never getting married you That's know that right. kind of stuff <laughs> you know um anybody ever tell all... the uh the, the sex of a baby with a wedding ring uh 
pendulum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I was I was a boy, just so you know. Just I was a boy the whole time. And then I was I, a boy surprise, too. Were you really? I don't know why I'm I was not a boy surprised too. by that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think that sometimes <clears throat> I might come off a little masculine. As do I. I mean, maybe. Just here, come and scratch my balls while I say that. Sorry. Right. You know, it's not my fault that my dick is bigger than most people's in the room. It's it's okay. You know. Did your granny or anybody in your family have a uh, remedy for a wart? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so warts were something that one of my grannies would buy from you. Okay, I've heard that before. Uh, she would buy, you know, mm-hmm. she would rub pennies over your warts. Mm-hmm. And then she would buy them from you. Right. Um, I knew the, my other, uh, one of my aunts would uh, throw them away for you. Okay. She had a special rag and she'd um, rub your warts and say, you know, uh, I think one of the, like a couple verses out of the Bible. I don't remember specifically which ones, mm-hmm. but she would then throw, like tie that rag to like train or something and you know it they'd be gone right or leave it by the roadside for somebody to pick up or something like any any way that it could get gone yeah she would do that yeah you know mm-hmm. and your warts would be gone yeah you know it, it it worked it worked for my uncles let me tell you my family what my family did because it's these are italians and they're crazy superstitious italians oh i don't yeah. <laughs> i don't my great grandmother i watched her give uh somebody the evil eye over a cantaloupe once at a grocery store and she spoke almost no english but so what she would do <laughs> if you had a wart and i actually had a wart on my thumb and so they did this but it didn't work but whatever um she would take a bean a dried bean and you rub it on Ooh, yeah. the wart, right and you mm-hmm. can do one of two things with that you can either throw it over your fence into the neighbor's yard that you like the least if you're surrounded by neighbors. Because they're going to get that wart. Yeah. Or it'll, <laughs> it might just, it might just wither in their yard. Or you can cook it in a, in a stew and it has to be, that kind of bean has to be the only bean of its kind. So if it was a, like a kidney bean, then you're making navy bean soup because you want to be able to find that kidney bean. Right. And you give a bowl of that to that same neighbor i mean like this is all about hating your neighbors you know like fuck your neighbor if you have a wart so and they would they would pass this on yeah yeah or um or hold on you pee on a dish rag at high noon in the backyard i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to paraphrase part of this because i can't remember it any longer but um (laughs) you rub you rub that wart with that rag and then you go pee on that dish rag at high noon in the backyard and you have to walk counterclockwise i think around it like some certain facing tree whatever directional facing tree and you bury that oh sorry and then you bury that dish rag facing the east that i actually watched my grandmother do that once i watched her fucking do it and she didn't even (laughs) she didn't really do that stuff she was married into that family you know right she was a scottish woman you know from oklahoma if it would work then she was gonna give it a try I mean, you have to think that the, the Scottish are also highly superstitious. So they're just like adopting superstitions yeah, from other people. Exactly. Um, so I, I interrupted you. You were going to tell me something else. I'm so sorry. I want I want to hear more of this shit. Okay. So there's also like, uh, you could cut the wart with a bean, like take the bean in half and like slice the wart with it and then like throw the bean away or, okay. you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um so I do like we had something similar to what you were saying. Yeah. So uh yeah, we that's my, hardcore though. Beans are sharp. 
that would hurt. The beans are sharp. It's like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, Y'all are tough, though. But <laughs> we tried. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't really have a choice. It was like, live with it or not. Right. Uh, also, um, like, my aunts, everybody just did the same things. Like, this was just part of the culture, um, at least in my family. And, I mean, I guess they have different traditions from place to place. Mm -hmm. I mean, because... Okay, so in my traditions, you're supposed to have your house clean by New Year's Day. I mean, like all of it, like right, scrub, 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 and like I, every so often, wake up with that like Appalachian itch to just clean this house from top to bottom to change all the energy in it, mm -hmm. and just like make it better, and <laughs> and like this year it was severe leading up to to um, New Year's, which oh, was Lord. hilarious because I got on clean talk. Oh, <laughs> I I've fallen down that rabbit hole a few times. And I, I sit there and go, talk. man, that would be awesome if I would get off my ass and do that. You know, I, I have. Yeah, well, but I did. And like, you know, my house smells like gain laundry detergent. Oh, I um, love that. I do, wa I do my wash my walls because of clean talk. Thank you very much. All of my floors and walls are clean and I have an O-Cedar spin mop now. That's that's all their fault. I, uh, I, it's dangerous to get on TikTok if you have an extra buck because you'll yeah. spend it. I mean, for, for real. And on the clean talk side, I have such ambitions of being the cleanest bitch you ever met. What is your go-to comfort food? And this can be a traditional Appalachian thing. It can be poverty food. It can be Burger King. I don't care. I just want to know what your go-to comfort food is. Chicken and dumplings. Oh, um, yeah. And apple butter. Apple butter. Okay, that's something. Maybe I've missed the lure of it. I've never been able to really enjoy it. I don't know why. Ooh, uh, apple butter on a biscuit. Maybe I haven't had it well. Like, I haven't had it good. It homemade apple butter is like a whole different animal that you know. I've never had it homemade, so maybe the, that's it. Oh, that's probably it. Okay. So like out here, I mean, I don't have a big old copper kettle to to do apple butter making like they they used to do back in the day but um you can buy apple butter from these like little homemade stands uh down here in like walland and townsend and gatlinburg and people like home make these things and then like sit on the side of the road and stand there's like some little man out there selling vegetables and apple butter and honey and probably whatever else and eggs and whatnot that is always the best mm -hmm. food. Yeah. It always is. Yeah. That's the best produce. That's the best tasting corn you're ever going to get. That's the best tasting apple butter. Okay. So All right. um, my Aunt Mildred, when I was little, used to make apple butter. Mm -hmm. She canned apple butter. Okay. And um, hers was, it tasted like home. Well, that's nice. Okay. So that is a go-to comfort food, obviously. It's, if it tastes mm -hmm. like home, you're not going to get a whole lot more comfortable than that. Right. How are you about biscuits and gravy? Oh, I'm a carbs girl. I know. I have to have my biscuits and gravy. That's my that's my jam. That's my Waffle House order every time. Skip the waffle, go for the biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Um, Do you make yeah, good biscuits some, and gravy yourself? Uh, I'm a terrible cook. Oh, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a terrible cook. Well, damn. I'm, All right. I'm a terrible cook. I'm a great baker, though. Okay. There, there's a difference between cooking and baking. Indeed, cooking there is. Cooking is an art. Cooking is an art. Baking is a science. It is absolutely alchemy. It is. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm a bread baker myself. So yeah. So you you get it. Yeah, it's I do. like you know you 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 have to know the the formula to get it just right, yeah. and it's about timing and yeah. that kind of thing. 
which is very scientific. It is. And you don't fudge with baking recipes like you do with, uh -uh. you know, like if you're making sauce or something. So uh, are you more of a white gravy uh, on its own kind of gal or a sausage white gravy? We make our gravy with bacon grease. Bacon. So. Oh God, that's even better. My husband yeah. likes what's called sawmill gravy and that's with, yeah. it's white gravy with sausage. Yeah. I like it um, with bacon I, grease. That's the grease you want to use for sure. That's the grease you want to use hands down. And I mean, it, it doesn't, it's mama, mama Todd, everybody how to make gravy. Right. So, I mean, it's hands down the easiest thing to do in the world. It's like yeah. some flour and some bacon grease mm -hmm. and a little salt, a little pepper, and you're pretty well good to go. You just have to add stuff in yep. slowly. And yep. um, somebody the other day was talking about like not being able to um, get their gravy to thicken and it just there's a little um we baking baking powder mm -hmm. will help thicken stuff up too oh um, okay all right and it doesn't really taste like anything so it's, yeah. it's like you know so I'm, I'm gonna impart a little bit of texan uh wisdom to you uh one of the ways we will thicken up our gravy if we've made it a little too thin with too much mm -hmm. milk is uh I always have butter on the counter, so I've got room temperature yes. butter. But if you're going to use bacon grease, you've also got a very, very easy way to do this. Mix uh, equal parts of flour and your fat, whatever your fat is, in a bowl. And just add that by about a teaspoon each time and whisk it in there really good. And it'll thicken up just like that. It's like dropping nice. in a, a ready-made roux. Right. What's your favorite thing about Appalachia and then I want you to follow it up with your least favorite thing can be magical can be mundane whatever my favorite thing about Appalachia is the way we take care of each other like I feel like the community here I mean we have communities within communities within communities here you know yeah but if they're your people mm -hmm. they're your people and you take care of them sure and everybody takes care of everybody else like i watch my neighbor's house when they're gone they watch mine um my neighbors have caught my hoodlum dogs when they've gotten <laughs> out of the yard right. um, my dog artemis just thought she made new friends oh that's so, sweet you know, <laughs> like, friend. Um, now you're going but, home yeah, yeah they put her back in the fence and she hopped right back over because she's a gazelle so i mean yeah it's like um, my least favorite thing about Appalachia, of course, is going to be like the close-minded bigotry and that kind of thing that is not necessarily our tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's, I mean, it is and it isn't. Yeah. And close quarters in communities like we work side by side with people of all kinds of different races and you know different genders and different you know yeah. it, 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 the individual is accepted the idea is not right if that makes sense it does it totally does and i'm reminded of one of your videos about healing generational trauma uh yeah. and <clears throat> pardon me and um think I've heard you talk about healing really owning your shit and healing your generational trauma multiple times so I, well, I hear I mean, what you're we're saying colonizers. Yeah. we're colonizers we're still colonizers mm -hmm. we're still here yep. on indigenous land and we're not 
it's it's not an insult to be colonizer it's what you are you know it but i grew up like i said with my granny biddicks and her sons being part of my family mm -hmm. you know like just everybody in appalachia has family that they're not actually even blood related to and you don't even like half the time you don't know who you're actually related to <laughs> um i know what you're talking about so like i just never questioned it why do i have a third grandma it's right, fine right, right. um <laughs> like you just <laughs> So, you know, these were my cousins, this was my family. And, and like, I remember asking mom why I was so pale and they were not, mm -hmm. you know, and like, I didn't understand. And she's like, well, honey, you're not native. And I was yeah. like, okay. And, but, you know, I don't, I wish that, I wish that things could be different here and they will be, they are, they're changing. They are, and you're because part of that. So be proud of that. Also, you're a part of that, no matter how big or small you think it is. Well, I mean, we just have to, we have to get past ourselves. Things aren't, we idealize things that never existed. Right. Like the idealization of the 1950s and that golden age of America, that, that shit didn't exist. Nope, it didn't. And it was, it was shitty then. It's shitty now. Mm -hmm. I mean, back then we were sneaking Nazis into Oak Ridge to like run our science programs but you know whatever i guess you know we're just supposed to overlook that kind of shit how fucked up and, is that that someone thinks the 50s were the golden era and we, i wish we could go back to that you know so that would and, be your your least favorite thing probably about it yeah or things like that like, yes things like that where that kind of thing is accepted and we just don't talk about it and we just yeah. hush up about it right you don't there's so many family secrets and so many families that don't need to be secrets that would help somebody yeah. to understand things, to mm -hmm. help somebody unpack trauma that they didn't understand the, why they were going through. Yeah. Just if we could just be more open-minded about these things and talk about it. Talking is what's it. so important, I think, because if we just accept it as the way things were and that's just the way things still are, that's fucking bullshit and you're copping it out. Is. So yeah, okay, all right. Well, I can see how that would be a, a least favorite thing about Appalachia. It's my absolutely least favorite thing because I still see people walking around with their heads in the cloud, like acting like ain't nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is your most prevalent magical gift or talent? Uh, sigil work. Ah, oh, I love sigil work. Love sigil right. work. What's your it's favorite way fast, to make a sigil? It's easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, actually, uh, I have, uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I teach people how to do sigils on my TikTok. So if anybody wants to scroll down about, you know, five months ago, um, but <laughs> send me the link uh, and I'll post it. Uh, I'll, I'll post the link on the, the description for this episode. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Anyway. It would be easier um, for you to find it than me, I think, but I might wait, 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 wait. Is it one that flashes red and black? new okay that's that's like that's just me doing sigil work to get things that i want okay i had a seizure um, and blacked out so i have no idea no it's kidding it's, <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> i did say trigger flash warning. i know that's why um, i said that that's why i said that <laughs> so um but yeah sigil work is really easy for me to do um i use the chaos magic mm -hmm. uh version of sigils where you take your alphabet what i don't think people understand is you don't have to just take the english alphabet use a different one Use like Enochian, whatever you want, you know, and you can use that to make sigils with. So it's even more random. 
what is your favorite way to activate a sigil and destroy it? Um, fire. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I love, I love fire, oh, man. I love it. If you haven't tried dissolving paper before and you, and, I, and you can yes. use toilet paper that'll dissolve at some point, but I have some special, I mean, like it's one of those where, oh, a splurge and I got a little pad of this special paper that dissolves in water. And that's one of my favorite ways of dissolving or uh, of activating and then destroying the sigil is to dissolve mm -hmm. it in water because it's gone forever gone forever but i still have that water and i can do whatever i need to with that and i and i usually i don't keep it bottled up very long it, it does its job but i uh sigils are probably my one of my, i mean like multiple times a week i make sigils you know oh yes yeah more more so than most anything else you know so and they can like, go on my work has no idea how many sigils i have hidden like <laughs> around work so right i think my husband has no idea how many sigils i have hidden around the house yeah exactly so all right so uh i want to also talk about the fact that you're a fucking blacksmith i'm sorry ma'am what <laughs> i need to know all about this or i'm gonna have to call the police on you because i have okay. always wanted to learn smithing so when I was in college, they said, you have to have a sculpture course for your art courses. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So they had a special topic class and it was blacksmithing. And I was like, ooh. So uh, I took that class like 50, 11 times. Yeah. Um, I would have. It became like a central focus for one of, uh, for my art courses to kind of reconstruct things in in a way um and it made me feel closer to my parents because my dad and my mom were mig and tig welders respectively okay so yeah my mom did a little bit of everything she's kind of crazy bartender truck driver mig welder you know your like, mom sounds like she was quite the personality actually yes she was yeah. she's one of the reasons that i've never doubted myself about it. i can do anything good that's a great you know, lesson. To, that's a great legacy to leave. Your she children. was also kind of insane. She took a four-year-old to Daytona Bike Week. So, I mean, there's that. Was that you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any tattoos to prove it that you were there? <laughs> no, I do not. Okay. I do not. Well, then I think um, she. I think she gets a pass then because at least she didn't she get pass, you tattooed. Yeah. You know. I'm just saying, there's a lot of tatas at Daytona Bike Week that are just sure. like out there. Yeah, sure. And a little, yeah, it's a little rowdy, but um, yeah. she was also dating the president of a motorcycle club at that point in time. So, you know, so be it. Le um, it's all lessons in your life. It made you the per. It made you the person. It was you are the now, 80s. Exactly. It was exactly. the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I mean, not a big deal in the 80s, I guess, but um, nonetheless. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, my mom taught me like all kinds of things about making my own way in the world. And I mean, I don't think she knew that like I was neurodivergent, right. but I do think that she taught me, like she understood that there were certain things that like, I just wasn't picking up. Mm -hmm. And so she taught me things that like have actually manifested in other ways magically that I, I've never even thought of. Like we used to go to parking lots when I was a little girl and just like people watch and she'd make me tell stories about people that were walking by. Tell me what you think their life is like. Tell me what you think they do for a living. Tell me, you know, yeah. you know, these kinds of things. And like, it's actually honed in certain abilities that I have. And like, I kind of scare people sometimes with it. <laughs> so. <laughs> so did you learn how to use your intuition versus your 
imagination or was your intuition born of that imagination? If that makes sense. Well, um, <laughs> well, you see what happened was, uh, what happened was, uh, it, it just kind of meshed together okay. really. I could, I could look at people and I'd be like, all right, well, he's wearing overalls. His, his boots are dirty mm -hmm. and you know, he's where he has this kind of equipment on him. So he's probably, you know, a construction worker or right. something like that. He's dusty. He's covered in drywall dust, you know, yeah. picking up the context clues of like, you know, what people's lives are like, but then also there was something about it where you try to feel that person right and feel what feel what they're like yeah um and i remember this is this is my favorite person favorite person that we ever saw in people watching okay which i thought was just like a pastime but apparently was not um we're sitting in the car we're in a sitting in a old delta old uh it was an oldsmobile delta 88 that's what it was that's the car from uh, the Evil yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that was also my mama's car. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Yes, at a four hundred three. Did your mom have a um, chainsaw for her hand by any chance? She did not. Okay, that was, all right. I think that uh, must be where the similarities. Probably in. has. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a dead body in the truck. Though, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> or the or a Necronomicon. It's possible. Yeah, uh, either one. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Um, but. There's this little lady, and it's about Halloween time, it was fall of the year, and there's this little lady, and she was, gotta be every bit of 75, right? 75, 80 years old. Sure. She's trucking through this parking lot. Good for her. To the grocery store. She's got like, she's got her cart, she's going, making a beeline for the entrance of that grocery store. Right. Um, and she had like that lavender blue bouffant hair, you know, like the yeah. perfectly done helmet of hair. Uh -huh. And like egregious unapologetic amounts of makeup on <laughs> that was both glittery and all over the place all right um and she had a sweater on that had glitter pumpkins oh get it all over sister it. Se sequin big old pumpkins and i'm talking like all over this thing it was a black sweater and big old pumpkin earrings on all right and okay. she had i swear like it was almost a mini skirt okay of like bright orange black tights and bright orange pumps lady had a party to be at that's why she was in such a hurry she was just doing her thing living her life and making no apologies about anything and she was audacious and i was like i want to be her when i'm old all right that's that's, a that's good who goal. i want to be that's life goals that's that's what i want to do i want i want to be obnoxious in my own right you know yeah. <laughs> like do my own thing. She's she's still an inspiration for me. So that is uh, an amazing story. And you know what? That woman, how long do you think she's been dead now? I mean, like because oh, you were probably yeah. twenty five years yeah. at least. Would have no idea that she care you carry that legacy of her now still. Yeah, that that's that's me. Like I'm seeing myself as her when I'm old. <laughs> like when I'm an old gray crone of a, an Appalachian witch. That's gonna be me because just because you're a crone does not mean you're dead. I bet you all the old men at the nursing home were like following her around and getting her extra tea. And she probably and stuff. had the best weed and put out. You know what I mean? So yeah, good for her. <laughs> like good she lived her. through the sixties. Yeah. She's obviously had some life. Seriously. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of envious, honestly. So uh, before we end this, I want to say that the video of yours where you stood and took off your makeup, which you referred to as your armor, 
Yep. And you talked about how the next day your dad would have been gone for 34 years. Yep. Um, this must be a really tough time for you. And I, I know that December is a hard month for you. November and December are hard months for you. Yep. Um, they are. And I appreciated so greatly the reminder to everyone that, um, that sitting with your grief is not only is it important, it's very important to, to learn how to, because most people probably don't know how to sit with their grief. Sitting with your grief is so important. And it's also um, the loved ones that you are sitting in your grief for feel your love when you do that. So thank you for that reminder. And I know this has been a lighthearted, fun interview, and but I wanted to like, I'm going to bring it all down now. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to like bring the room down. I just wanted to make sure I thanked you for that because um, I know that was a very vulnerable, you didn't speak in that, in that uh, video. It was all text that was on screen. So um, I, my knowledge of that video is surely from the, from the, the text that was on the screen. But I really wanted to just thank you for um, for reminding me even to sit with about sitting with my grief because I so often succumb to being a human being in the year 2022 now I guess and uh, I compartmentalize way too much and I'll get to that later and I will deal with that when I need to I need to deal with it fucking now Every, we all do we, we set things down yeah. too often because we're too busy yeah to deal with it right now i'm too busy to feel this right now i'm going to set it down right well eventually you've got a pile of stuff you sat down and you never dealt with and you never felt and you never sat with and you're and tripping you over it out. Yeah. yeah and it's just everywhere and yeah. then you're emotionally cluttered yeah and you're 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 cluttered with traumas that you've never tried to unpack you're, right you know your your mind and your heart and your spirit becomes cluttered and a lot of that leads to and self-medication sure and trying to run away from those feelings and you can't run away from it you're never gonna outrun it you're never gonna outrun it yeah you have got to deal with it you have to sit with it and you have to understand that emotions no matter how uncomfortable they are and uncomfortable is not a dirty word no i don't understand why people are like oh that's uncomfortable okay great it's uncomfortable yeah being uncomfortable means you're growing mm -hmm. they don't call them growing pains for nothing right right you know if you're uncomfortable learn something from it right why are you uncomfortable what is it that's making you uncomfortable but emotions are like clouds in the sky they pass like weather it cannot rain all the time eric draven but you know <laughs> yeah and grief comes in waves mm -hmm. you you're never gonna not grieve somebody right it's never gonna be over you're not gonna be done with it it gets better and it lessens but it's never completely gone ever. exactly yeah and i, I think, think if it is completely gone you have forgotten something very important yes. you know so yeah yeah so to interrupt you but i thank you very much for you have such a an incredible channel um it's just i mean like you're funny as hell and you're so informative and um you're very clearly hard to get along with and talk to my god this has been torture. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun you know so i mean like thank you very much tell everybody what your channel is how to find your channel on youtube um 
I don't have a YouTube channel really. I'm um, not YouTube. Uh, oh good. Did I say fucking say YouTube? On yeah. the ticket tickety tack tick. On TikTok, uh, how can, do you find how do you find you? Uh you can find me on TikTok at Ophelia underscore omega. If you don't know how to spell Ophelia, please look in the description of this podcast. Yeah, it'll be all over <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is it's a complicated name, Hamlet, something about being a witch. I don't know. Yeah. Um you know. But yeah, Ophelia underscore Omega um, on TikTok, and I have a whole bunch of videos about me rambling about stuff. Okay. So, and the last thing I'm going to do is I want you to give shout outs to your favorite TikTokers, especially on Witch Talk. Go ahead, get it, girl, get it. Okay, uh, Appalachian Maltov. Oh, uh, I like her. She's amazing. Yep. Uh, I love Appalachian Maltov. Uh, standing in front of you is another one. Uh, she she calls us all swamp donkeys, and she's right. Swamp donkeys. Um, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> Um, also, uh, definitely Hoodoo Brujo. That's one of my, I love him. He's, mm -hmm. he's Bay. Um, Witchfoot, don't come at me. I love her. I love her. Um, also, um, this, uh, the Skeleton Keys, Marcus over the Skeleton Key. Okay. Uh, love Marcus. Um, yeah. So those like, uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Listen, I put you on the spot. You did not know I was going to ask you this, so I'm sure you've left out several of yeah, your favorites. Yeah, I've probably left out several of my favorites. Um, oh, Shy Tiger, Shy Tiger, Charlotte over Shy Tiger. She's amazing. She's a, a British um, TikToker, and she teaches like basic magic, and of course, Coco the Witch, because Coco's amazing and teaches basic witchcraft 101. Okay. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you very much today, Ophelia, for joining me. And um, I can't wait to see what content you have in store for us. And uh, so thank you very much for taking this time and like putting up with me and the, you know, and eating my snack when talking with my mouth full. So <laughs> thank you very much for well, joining me Thanks for me today. putting up with my rowdy pets. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's sort of like listening to, uh, you know, tap dancing, but it's like being at my house. Those are dog well, nails I'm, on the floor. I can, I know clack, that. Clack, 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 clack. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for having me on and, and you know, Absolutely. asking me questions so I know what to say. Cause like. <laughs> Absolutely. Like we talked about, I'm a lousy interviewee, but I'm I'm an I'm an okay interviewer. So I hope to have you back on at some point. And let's just say we're friends now. Is that cool? We're friends now. You Definitely. can't get rid of me. You're so fucked. Yay! Oh, that's okay. That's fine. It's, life's been doing that for years. It's fine. Bohica. <laughs> All right. There's a brand new episode every other Wednesday. And as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Wash your hands and do it often. Wear your goddamn motherfucking mask already. Just fucking do it. Nobody wants you to get Omicron. Get your vaccination and booster if you can. And if you haven't already, remember, may you never hunger and may you never thirst. As above, so below. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. Oh.